I want to thank you for joining in to our Bible study this evening and encourage you to have your Bible there in front of you and join me in the 100th Psalm. This is a Psalm of Praise. I feel personally like this is a moment to praise and to give thanks. We've labored, we've prayed, we've committed, we've given, and now we pause to return to Scripture and say thank you and praise God for who he is and for what he does. It stands out to me when I study the Scripture, the emphasis on giving praise and saying thank you, having a heart of gratitude. In fact, in the New Testament, it stands out as we look at a world with a degenerate people, a depraved culture, and we imagine all kinds of perverse acts, and certainly they exist, and the Bible chronicles them. In Paul's letter to Timothy, which we've recently studied, he said in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 2, In those days, those last days, those perilous times, men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Of course, we expect all of those types of things. He'll come back and call them false accusers. They're fierce. They despise those that are good. They love pleasure more than they do God. And wrapped up in those verses are two seemingly simple and innocuous things, disobedient to parents and unthankful. In the midst of all of that sin and wickedness, Paul chronicles one of the perilous things about the last days is that people will be unthankful. Paul ranks it right up there with all of those other egregious sins. He ranks that attitude up there with all of that action. Perhaps as we look at our society, one of the chief reasons that it is where it is is due to unthankfulness. Again, as Paul is writing in Romans chapter 1, and he's detailing the spiral down of humanity and society into greater sin, he says this in Romans 1.21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Can you imagine that Paul speaks of the starting point of the downfall of degenerate society going deeper and deeper into perversity is that they were not thankful to God. Perhaps this is one of the reasons that throughout Scripture we see the command over and again for believers to be thankful, to give praise, to give thanks. In Colossians, Paul commanded the early believers in Colossians 3.15, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Be thankful. It's a decision that we make. It's an attitude that we develop. And this is a moment to say thank you. I've directed your attention to the 100th Psalm. It is literally a psalm of praise. It is a psalm of thanksgiving. 
As I studied it out, I found interesting. One said, Psalm 100 is the last in a series of psalms that emphasize the Lord as king. It's a royal psalm. It describes God's people going to his house to worship him. And it spells out what their attitude should be. Joyful. Joyful in their expression of praise. Joyful in their expression of thanksgiving. Presenting ourselves in service to him. And in doing so, urging all people to come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It is a declaration. It is a summons to all the earth to acknowledge and to receive God. You understand that our thanksgiving and our praise is evangelistic in nature. In this 100th Psalm, David writes, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth unto all generations. There's a lot of mandate in there. Make a joyful noise. Make. The Hebrew word there means split the ears with sounds. Shout an alarm. Triumphantly make that noise. All creation, every individual, every land give thanks to God. Do you recognize that when we praise God intentionally, we are resisting an attitude of ingratitude? When we intentionally praise God, we are directing our thanks to Him. We can easily understand as this psalm is written, the nation of Israel joyfully shouting their praise to God. It's a recurring theme. Through these royal psalms of which this is the last to praise God. Now remember, it was Israel's responsibility to praise God. They are the introducers of God to the world. And now we as the church have the responsibility to take the truth of God to the whole world. The reality of salvation only through Jesus Christ to the world, to the masses. Our praise is evangelistic in nature. Make a joyful noise. Resist the attitude of ingratitude. Say thank you. Offer it up in song. It's a little snippet. It's a depiction of what we're going to see later on. In Revelation 7, we read of a glorious day in verse 9. After this, John writes, I beheld. And lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God. It's a heart set. It's an intentional action. Make a joyful noise. Praise God. Say thank you. 
This attitude leads to action. He says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Now, I've had to tell myself this as I studied this out. If I'm currently serving the Lord and I'm not able to do so with joy, perhaps at the core of it is that I have forgot who it is that I'm serving. Maybe I have forgotten ultimately that my service is to the Lord. True joy comes when we recognize that our actions, our service is ultimately towards Him. That's why the Apostle Paul could write in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Ultimately, we're not serving a cause. We might be serving an individual, but behind them is our calling, our desire to glorify God. Keep your eyes there. A heart of praise enables us to serve joyfully. There's no pause, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. It's a fact that we should be doing that. David does not say, serve the Lord whether you're glad about it or not. He says in there, serve the Lord and be glad about it. In effect, if you can't be glad about it, don't serve. It's a fleshly act, serve God with gladness, make a joyful noise. Know, he says in verse 3, ye that the Lord, he is God. Acknowledge that he is God. That fact alone makes him worthy of our praise and our thanksgiving. He's denouncing all other gods as myths, as false. Know ye that the Lord He is God. After Elijah defeated the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, you'll hear this shout ring out in 1 Kings 18, 19. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is the God. It's repeated, The Lord, He is the God. Now, oftentimes, and we'll visit this momentarily, We give thanks and praise God for what he does. I wonder if we pause often enough to give thanks and to praise God for who he is. That's what this verse directs us to do. Give thanks unto him for he is God. He hath made us. Note something as we skip down to verse 5. The Lord is good. This is who he is. The Lord, he is God. Don't just praise him for what he does, though do that, we'll see in a moment. Praise him for who he is. The Lord is good. David is saying God is not like you and I. He's not like the worst of mankind. The best that mankind could ever want to be falls short of who he is. The Lord, he is good. He is God and he is good. And we're glad for that. Therefore, we make a joyful noise and we serve him with gladness. Every day of our lives, the Lord, who is God, displays his goodness to us. He's even good to those 
that don't believe in him. He is good to the just and to the unjust. He reveals his goodness. He especially delights in giving good gifts to his children. Every good gift cometh down from the Father. Every good thing that we have comes from our good God. We say thank you. Everything that we have is a gift from our good God. Praise him. Say thank you because he is God and he is good. In verse 5, we're learning more about who he is. Not only is he good, his mercy is everlasting. Both of these things are of utmost importance to us as human beings. God is God and he is good. That's thankworthy. His mercy is everlasting. And man, do we need that. We draw on that. Spurgeon said, God is not mere justice, stern and cold. He has bowels of compassion and wills not the sinner's death. Towards his own people, mercy is still more conspicuously displayed. It has been theirs from all eternity. His mercy is everlasting. I'm a sinner and I sin. Past, present, and I can pretty much declare future. But his mercy is everlasting. He will not change his mind toward me and erase his promise of mercy for me. His love never fails. He has promised to never forsake. His love and his mercy is everlasting. It is eternal. I may fail him, certainly I do, and no doubt will again, but he never fails me. Nothing can separate me from his love. Nothing can take his love from me. His mercy is everlasting. God is God and he is good. And his mercy is everlasting. He closes out and he says, And his truth endureth to all generations, generation after generation after generation. God remains the same. His truth is unchanging. It endures. He is faithful. He endures. His truth, what he has said, is not altered by time, is not altered by culture, is not altered by opinion. His truth remains and endures to all generations. That's comforting to know. We should enter into his presence with thanksgiving because of his enduring truth because of his faithfulness he's faithful to every generation we can count on God we can count on his truth he can be trusted his word can be trusted he is always the same make a joyful noise resist ingratitude by verbalizing praise and thanksgiving serve the Lord with gladness Always remember who it is that you're serving. Praise him for who he is. Now, I've gone a little out of order in the 100th Psalm because I think it's easier for us to praise God for what he has done. And, and really, that's kind of what I want to focus on. God has provided and God is good and we want to say thank you. But we should intentionally praise him for who he is. Now, let's back up just a little bit. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. God is God. The Lord is God. It is as he said it was. We have praised him for who he is. 
Now we'll back up and praise him for what he has done. He says in verse 3, It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people. Ownership. He hath made us. God is creator. That's what's being declared. That's foundational truth. And he crafted us uniquely. He is the author of life. He is the designer of the living. You and I are as God planned us to be. We are who God wanted us to be. He made us. He wired us. He equipped us. He gifted us. He enables us in the 139th Psalm. We read this in verse 14. I will praise thee. That's intentional praise to God. Why? For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. I praise you because you made me. Now, that's hard to do because we know ourselves. I think sometimes when we see an image of ourselves, it's that we see flaws, all of our shortcomings. We have a long wish list. I wish I was this. I wish I had that. I wish this was different about me. Have you ever stopped to praise God for the fact that he made you, that he enabled you, that he gifted you? I praise you because you uniquely made me. One author said, have you ever thought about praising God for making you different? Probably not. That doesn't come natural, nor does it come easy. We don't want to stick out from the crowd. But David informs us in the 139th Psalm, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. God designed us, and for that we say thanks. We're made in God's image. Being made in God's image, we say thank you. That sets us apart from all the rest of creation. We're eternal. We're we're able to worship God. We're in his image. I think it's clear you won't be able to praise God and live a life of praise and thanksgiving until you accept the fact that you are as you are according to God's plan. Let me read yet again and quote. One said, every ability and disability were premeditated by God. He gave you all the strengths you would need to declare his praises. He gave you all the weaknesses you would need. Your strengths would be needed to declare his praises. Your flaws are there so that you depend on his promises. Have you thanked God for what he has done? It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. Thankfully, he's still working on us. Not only do we praise him for the fact that he hath made us, but we are his sheep. One of the most comforting psalms of all is the 23rd psalm. The Lord, David says, is my shepherd. I shall not want for anything. In the New Testament, Jesus speaks of being the good shepherd. We are his sheep. That's comforting. A sheep is not something that we would probably aspire to. A sheep is fearful. It's timid. It's been described as ignorant, helpless, prone to wander away. And that really proves that we are sheep. The good news of this declaration is that we are his sheep. The Lord 
is my shepherd. He is the good shepherd. In John 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Spurgeon, let me reference him again, said this, There is more in Jesus, the good shepherd, than you can pack away in a shepherd. He is the good, the great, the chief shepherd, but he is much more. Emblems to set him forth may be multiplied as the drops of the morning, but the whole multitude will fail to reflect all his brightness. Creation is too small a frame in which to hang his likeness. Human thought is too contracted, human speech too feeble to set him forth to the full. He is inconceivably above our conceptions, unutterably above our utterances. He's that good. He's that great. He's that cheap. We are his sheep. How comforting that is. With all of my frailty and timidity, proneness to wandering, it's good to know that my shepherd is God and that he is good. That I am his sheep. That I am his sheep tells me that he relates to me. That I am his sheep, and he says it himself, he calls us by name. Think about it. How many people do you know on this planet? How many times are you in a spot where you forget somebody's name? He knows your name. He knows your name. He knows your traits. He's not a good shepherd among many good shepherds. He's the good shepherd. His knowledge of you is complete. His knowledge of you is immediate. He not only knows your name, he knows your nature. He knows your strengths and your weaknesses. After all, he created you. He knows your needs. Your father knoweth what you have need of before you ask, and yet he desires that you ask. God is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. We thank him for who he is. We thank him for what he's done. He hath made us. We are his sheep. What a wonderful thing it is. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. This is a universal call to accept God as he is, which means our praise has an evangelistic aspect to it. It points people to God. As we've already said, one of the traits of the perilous last days are people being unthankful. One of the indications of the spiral into perversity within culture is they saw God and refused to thank God. You believers, give thanks. Serve him with gladness. Come into his courts with singing. Why? Praise him for who he is. Praise him for what he has done. Praise God. Say thank you. In moments such as this one where we've prayed and asked for God to provide, It's right to pause and praise him and say, thank you. This isn't something that we just save for November. This is from cover to cover within Scripture. I'd say each of us has the mandate before us to pause even this evening and to focus this week ahead on praising God and saying thank you, living out a life of gratitude. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your provision We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the endurance of your mercy. We thank you for what you do for us and reveal to us every day. May we live this week 
with a set of praise and thanksgiving in our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening this week to the Graceway Baptist Church podcast. For more information about our church and our ministries, head on over to our website at gracewaycharlotte.org. We are a church located in South Charlotte. We are growing, and our ministries are doing big things for Christ. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at info at gracewaycharlotte.org. Also, stay in the loop with everything happening by following us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is Graceway Charlotte. Thanks again for listening to the Graceway Charlotte podcast. We'll see you next week.